This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. August 21st, Monday night. We'll go till 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, we're getting a little closer here. Hasn't been announced or anything like that, but uh, usually the last week of September is when um, – that's usually when uh, Lakers will have their media day, and then uh, we obviously know when the, when the preseason schedule starts. And then last week – we got a full look at the regular uh, regular season schedule. Some stuff in there that I want to get into. I think some um, some interesting scenarios for the Lakers in the regular season. Like always, there's always really good matchups that you get excited about. Other matchups, not that excited about. So we'll get into that. Bleacher Report had an article on guessing the Lakers' win total. I've seen a couple different numbers out there. I want to go through both, both of those numbers and just kind of predict how many wins we think the Lakers are going to have in the regular season. How important is that? I mean, I, I think in the past where we've said, ah, it's not a big deal, just get into the playoffs. And I don't know if this helps my case because Lakers did not have home court in either of the first two rounds, really any of the – all three rounds. They obviously didn't have home court coming in as a seventh seed. Uh, so we'll guess the Lakers win total and just how important home court is. Um, I read a pretty funny tweet yesterday from Bill Simmons about Austin Reeves, how he continues to shine – Reeves is having himself an offseason, and he's been great in the FIBA USA basketball preliminaries. Um, what does that mean when the regular season starts? I think it's going to have some meaning to it, so we'll spend a little time on that. I got some top NBA stories. And then one of my favorite guests to have on the show, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, will come on at 730. So let's first get started here. Uh, Lakers schedule came out last week. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and get into the particulars and say, here's who they play on December 17th. I don't think there's a purpose for it. But I think there's a couple highlights just to point out. And that's going to kind of obviously um, or get me into my first topic that I want to get into. So a um, couple teams I know for me that I'm excited to see the Lakers go up against. They're going to start the season against the Denver Nuggets. So the defending NBA champions that swept the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, that's who the Lakers are going to start the season with. Lakers will have to kind of sit back and watch the um, the ring ceremony, and, uh, and Denver's going to get their credit. Second game they got is the Phoenix Suns. Third game they got is against the Sacramento Kings. So right out the gate for the Lakers, four or th- yeah, four of the first five games, tough opponents. Denver, Phoenix, Sacramento, Clippers in one of those matchups. And then Orlando, you're, you got kind of mixed into the frame. Uh, really odd to play Orlando. They can play Orlando twice in the first week of the NBA season. I've never seen that before. Um, but right out the gate, you could see that the Lakers are going to have some tough competition. And, you know, I, I think we always look at the NBA schedule is a lot different than the NFL schedule. NFL, you're not playing every team. There's uh, Major League Baseball just started to where you're going to play every single team every single year, which I think is great for Major League Baseball. We've spent a lot of time on the radio talking about that in the past. That's awesome that the Dodgers know that they're going to play the Yankees and the Red Sox, and that you know go go through every AL team. You know they're going to they're, they're going to go up against them every single um, calendar year for the for the NBA. Okay, they've been doing that, so that's not that big of a deal. But I think there's still some key uh, opponents and some key dates coming up for the Lakers. I, I will say right out the gate, 
four of the first five teams they're going to play, I really love those matchups. Yeah, I got a lot of curiosity about if the Denver Nuggets are going to be as good as they were a year ago. No surprises anymore. Everybody knows how good they are. There's not going to be this, well, they had the best record in the NBA, but do you believe them? Do you think they could actually win a championship? Well, clearly yes, because they ran through the NBA last year, regular season and the postseason. The matchup against the Phoenix Suns, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that maybe are not big proponents of what the Phoenix Suns this, did this past year. I'm curious. I, I think they got as much talent as anybody in the NBA. I think they're going to be as good as anyone in the NBA, and they'll be dangerous. Uh, they got the Suns coming up. Sacramento's another team. Again, I'm just looking at the Western Conference. Sacramento came out of nowhere last year, won 48 games, took the Golden State Warriors to seven games. I actually thought, you know, the game was going to be back at, in Sacramento. Maybe they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors. And the Lakers will have the Sacramento Kings in round two. Didn't end up working that way. Or round three. No, round two. Didn't end up working that way. But I'm curious about the Kings. I think the matchup against the Clippers is always exciting. Here's a random date to keep in mind. Um, and, and I know we don't do this very often. The Lakers on December 13th are going to go up against Victor Wembenyama and the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I'll be tuned into that. <laughs> I mean, listen, you don't have to sell me on anything. I'm going to watch every Lakers game. Um, but the, there's certain matchups out there. The Wembenyama one, I think even the San Antonio Spurs have, what do they have? 11, I want to say 11 nationally televised games. So uh, certainly there's uh, the wow factor of Wembenyama. Uh, so it's going to be a fun year. Again, you're playing the same team. So there's nothing really here to break down when you look at the schedule. I will say, you know, some things that are interesting. Celtics will be on Christmas. We know that. That came out a couple weeks ago. 40 nationally televised games for the Lakers. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, no big shocker there. It actually could be more than 40. It's going to depend on the in-season tournament. This is the first time that we're going to have the in-season tournament. So I think everybody's trying to kind of wrap their heads around that. Mike Trudell had a good article in Lakers on Lakers.com that really kind of broke down um, the nuances of the in-season tournament. But for the first time, we're looking at a schedule and you know, usually you download the PDF on Lakers.com or on NBA.com and it's just... There's either yellow for home games or purple for road games. Now you got some white boxes that show the in-season tournament games and then the actual tournament as well, but they can't put who the opponent's going to be. So that's obviously a wrinkle that's added to this year as well. Um, overall, 15 back-to-back games for the Lakers. Uh, I think in the NBA, the average is 14. So uh, they're trying to make it as even as possible when it comes to that. You know, something Travis and I were talking about I think it was last Friday that I thought was interesting is how are the Lakers going to approach back-to-backs with a churning 39-year-old LeBron James and an Anthony Davis that um, has missed a lot of time? You know, one of, one of the biggest uh, unfortunate circumstances for Anthony Davis, not not really since he's just been a Los Angeles Laker. You could, you know, really kind of talk about it in his career. I know I was going through this about a week ago or so. The last time Anthony Davis played 75 games in a season, let, let, let me actually simplify this. The last time Anthony Davis played 65 games or more in a season was 2017-2018. The most he's played as a Los Angeles Laker is 62. So that means he's missed at least 20 games, which is about a quarter of the season since he's been a Los Angeles Laker. We were looking at those back-to-backs and saying, well, are those automatics where Anthony Davis doesn't play in back-to-backs? 
I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be just because, you know, last year when he wasn't doing it after that injury to the Denver Nuggets, that had more to do with the injury against the Denver Nuggets and had more to do with his recovery process and how they wanted to kind of pace him for the postseason. But 15 back-to-backs for LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who, you know, I, I don't need to explain where they are in their careers or injury history like AD has had. Um, that's going to be an interesting uh, interesting way for Coach Darvin Ham to kind of navigate to uh, figure out, I guess, is the, uh, is the best way to put it. Um, the good thing is that I think for the Lakers, I'll try my best here to explain this. Of course, they're going to be so incredibly dependent on LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Of course, there's no way around that. It's LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But I feel like they're going to be less dependent on those two they've been in previous years. That because you got the guys, you you got some help here. You got some real, real depth. You got players that can actually contribute and at least in an 82-game grind, roll up their sleeves and say, okay, hey, look, we don't, we got it. We, we, we don't need you to – you don't have to play 40 minutes tonight. At least that's the hope, right? Once the season starts, we'll see how things uh, play out and see how, much, how well the guys gel together and everything else. But I, I feel like some of those back-to-backs in an 82-game grind, I like the depth that the Lakers have. I like the players that the Lakers have. And uh, hopefully that's something that obviously uh, really, really comes into play for the Lakers this upcoming season. Um, so Bleacher Report had an article and they started talking about, you know, the Lakers win total. Once the schedule comes out, this is not, you know, too out of the ordinary, uh, especially this time of the year, you start looking at, um, win totals and you kind of start guessing as best as you can. How many wins are the Celtics going to have? The Lakers going to have the, and they go through the entire league. Yeah. I, 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 that number is interesting to me and I, I want to take that number, and I don't want to share what the number is just yet, but I want to take that number uh, of Bleacher Report's prediction and compare it to if the Lakers win X amount of games that they're predicted to win, where would that have put them in the standings last year? And the reason why I think this regular season is going to be really, I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to be too dramatic on this. I, I got a feeling it's going to be a lot different than it was last season. And a lot of it is got to do with the fact that the Lakers, they put together a team. By the time that trade deadline happened, it was a completely different team. Well, you're basically playing with those guys for 82 games and you're playing with those guys in the preseason. So last year, training camp, the whole thing, the Lakers ended up with 43 wins last season. They went 43 and 39. But their record post-trade deadline was 17-9. and They were eight games above 500. 17-9 in only 26 games. And then we obviously know they went 4-2 and against Memphis. They went 4-2 and against Golden State Warriors. And even though they lost to the Denver Nuggets and got swept, they were in every game. I know nobody wants to hear that, but I'm just trying to be as honest as possible here. Denver beat them. Nobody's, nobody's questioning whether the Nuggets beat them or not. But they were in every single game. When we come back, let's take a look at that that over-under win total that Bleacher Report has and give our best predictions of if that's realistic for the Los Angeles Lakers or not. And also, 
How important should the regular season be for the Lake Show once we start the 2023-2024 season? Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. If you want to call in, you want to be a part of the show, you can always hit me up, 877-710-ESPN, or you can hit us up on Twitter, at Alan Sliwa. Stay right here. Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, we broke down every hip-hop artist from the early 2000s in the break there. Um, 50 Cent performing uh, coming up here Wednesday. Uh, I was going to have Trudell on earlier. He's at the Drake concert, so he's doing his thing there. I texted him, Jay-Z or Drake. I have not got a response back. I already got my answer. It's Jay-Z. So we got hip-hop covered today. Uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation is going to join us at 7.30. Always uh, enjoy talking Lakers basketball with Trev. Um, I was getting in the conversation about this article from Bleacher Report, and there's actually two of them. One right when um, right when the schedules came out, but I, I'm going to go with this one that was a couple days ago, win-loss predictions for every team. That's what uh, Bleacher Report was doing. Fun time of the year, right? You start looking at every single squad and uh, – whatever team you're a fan of, you're a Cavs fan, you're a Denver fan, you start kind of looking at, uh, what's the over-under here? How, how many, what's the prediction here of how many wins my team is going to have? And the Lakers last year, I spent a little time on this, that the Lakers last year, they won 43 games. They went 43 and 39. But I actually really do believe that that is misleading. I think if you just looked at if you're somebody that did not watch the season last year and you said, all right, how many wins did the Lakers have last season? 43 and 39. All right, that's not a very good regular season. Maybe they got lucky in the postseason, something along those lines. The trade deadline, Lakers went 17 and 9. If you take that 17 and 9 um, record and you play that over 82 games, you're winning 50 plus games. You're probably winning around 52 games, something along those lines. So. You know, obviously, the win total that they ended up with, 43, much different, much different. If you take this team that they had from the trade dot deadline moving forward, it was much better. So this is the win total that Bleacher Report has for the Lakers right now. Take everything into consideration of what the Lakers did. Oh, and what I forgot to mention too last year, Lakers started the season out 2-10. and 10. So they already dug themselves such a hole. 
Um, you know, obviously they ended up making the, the shakeups during the season where Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, those guys get traded. Lakers end up bringing in Rui, D'Angelo, Jared Vanderbilt. Some of the other pieces are no longer on the Lakers, so we don't have to count them. But Malik Beasley was thought to be somebody who's going to be a contributor. Uh, Mo Bamba, you thought, would get some opportunities, really didn't with the Lakers. Um, so now it's Jackson Hayes that's in one of those positions. Uh, trying to think here. Um, Torian Prince is another one of those spots. Gabe Vince is another guy that the Lakers brought in. So the Lakers started the season out 2-10 and, and still ended up with 43 wins and went 17-9 after the trade deadline. There's a lot more context to last year. So when I look at the win total this year, and I see that they got the Lakers at, read the exact total here, 47.5 wins is where they have the Lakers. So let's round up. They got the Lakers winning 48 games this year. That's their prediction. All right, let's take that number. Let's go to the NBA standings from last season. How many teams won 48 games or more in the Western Conference last year? Denver won 53, took their foot off the gas because they had such a lead in the Western Conference. Memphis won 51. Sacramento won 48. So hypothetically right now, if the Lakers won what what Bleacher Report is predicting, which is 48 games this upcoming year, which is only five more wins than the Lakers had last season, even under the circumstances, a team that clearly didn't gel, uh, players that I think it made sense that they move on and the Lakers bring in new guys, Anthony Davis missing five weeks, Braun missing time for his foot. Um, I mentioned starting out 2-10. and 10. Even with all those, the the Lakers still ended up with 43 wins. The over-under right now for the Lakers is 48 wins. That's five more wins than they had all of last year. Sounds very realistic. Very realistic. And, and if you put yourself in a position and you won, let's just again lose, use last year's NBA standings. Let's say you won 48 games last year means you're top four in the Western Conference. I think that's kind of all you can ask for right now if you're a Laker fan walking into an NBA season where you're coming off uh, coming off getting to the Western Conference Finals. You put yourself in a position where um, you're bringing back a lot of the guys that helped you have success since the trade deadline. You had a great playoff run where guys got playoff experience, and I'm sure their confidence is through the roof. And I'm talking about Rui, and I'm talking about Reeves, uh, even a guy like Jared Vanderbilt. D'Angelo Russell, even though he didn't have that series that everybody wanted him to have or the Lakers needed him to have against Denver, he's still going to give you 16, 17 points a game, six or seven assists a game. I think he's actually a great fit for the Lakers when it comes to the regular season. Now he's going to have to do a better job of proving himself in the postseason, um, but it sounds very realistic. The 48 games to me sounds very, very realistic. And again, I think that puts the Lakers in that top four spot, which is really where you want to be. Now, you can make an argument here. I think we could all sit here. This happens a lot in the NBA. Every time I used to talk about it with Michael Thompson in the in the preseason, I think he hated the conversation, but I think you'd be lying to yourself if you didn't think that this happens in the league. Do you think the Golden State Warriors were worried about the regular season and how high they were in the standings and if they had home court? I'd make the argument and say, no, I don't think they were overly concerned about that. 
I don't think the Clippers were overly concerned about that. They just wanted to be healthy. I don't know if Denver is going to look to get the number one record in the NBA in the Western Conference. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll just say, hey, we're not trying. We had the path. We had a beautiful road to get to the NBA Finals, and everything came through Denver. I'm sure that's picture perfect for them. But there are a lot of teams that are more veteran-like squads that I think we sell ourselves on, and you just watch the way they play, and they load manage some of their guys. I think there's a lot of times where they're they're letting you know Hey, winning 50 games in the regular season might not be the top priority. Getting first or second place in the East or the West might not be the top priority. I think what makes the Lakers interesting this year, I think they could get close to that 50 win total and still be strategic with their roster. And still, you know, if there's games that um, you're just trying to be smart about with Anthony Davis or Braun has logged a lot of minutes and you want to give this guy a little bit of a breather because he's going to turn 39 in December. I think that there's enough talent and depth on this roster that they'll still be okay. We have not really had that opportunity to say that in the past. We just haven't. Um, That has not been depth, young players. That's not been something that's been associated with the Lakers at least the last couple of years. And I think this year walking in, that is definitely associated. It's a positive. It's a real, real positive for the Lakers, um, you know, for that fact alone. And just to give you a little bit of an idea, so I mentioned that the Lakers, they got them at 48 games, 47 and a half. Some other teams in the Western Conference, they got Dallas at 45 wins. I think we'd be surprised if we see that. They got Denver at 54 wins. Not a shocker there. Find out a couple other teams here. They have Golden State at 49 wins. They actually have the Warriors ending up with a better record than the Los Angeles Lakers. Let me find out a couple of the teams here in the Western Conference. The Clippers, they have them at 47. Something that I think happened last year that I think will be different, I think the West is going to be better this year. There were a lot of mediocre teams in the Western Conference last season. Uh, Phoenix will be a team to reckon with. I really like Marcus Smart going to the Memphis Grizzlies. Denver, I don't need to make a case for. We already know them. Sacramento is only going to feel better and more confident about where they are. Uh, teams like the Oklahoma City Thunder are are on the up and up. Um, and then after that, you know, if the Pelicans can stay healthy, what will Wembenyama be? Are the Utah Jazz going to tank towards the end of the season? I think there's a lot of question marks after that. So um, that part is fascinating. Bleach Report has the Lakers with 48 wins total. Hey, you take that win total and you apply it to last year, you're top four in the Western Conference. I think there are a lot of Laker fans would be would feel comfortable about that. Um, that means a lot of these guys are healthy, and that means things are clicking. So we'll have to wait and see what happens once we get to that point, but that's something to keep in mind here as we get a little bit closer to this upcoming season started. Okay, coming up next, um, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation, spent a little time talking about the topics that we just hit on. Uh, plus, I want to spend some time talking about Austin Reeves, how he's continuing to shine for the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
I want to welcome in uh, Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation, uh, the host of Lakers Nation, also the host of the front office show as well. Um, Trev, you know, you're doing this on a daily basis here, so I might as well just ask you, what is the current countdown of how many days until Lakers basketball? Where are we now? <laughs> we are at 46 days 46. now, Alan, until, okay. until, we get a pre, until we get a Lakers preseason game coming up on October 7th. That's, that's the current countdown until okay. we get uh, get to see them back on the floor. There's not too many people that I know could literally just type the words, 47 days to Lakers basketball, dot, 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 and get over a 1,000 likes on Twitter. So, Trev, you have found a way to, uh, let's just say, carve your lane down this uh, this Lakers path. But I always find that it, – it's funny. When you first started, I think it was like 80-plus. And I'm like, wait a minute, he's going he's gonna to do this the whole time? Now it's picking up steam. It's picking up steam. I can only imagine when we're at 25. But that's what I was hoping for. But I figured, you know what? There's going to be people rolling their eyes at first. But but hey, by the time we get we get close, that's once we I'm get within about. like thirty, it's going to get yeah. exciting. <laughs> um, you know, there was a promo just playing right now that I think came from last week. If you remember last week, I'll start off with this, and there's some other topics I want to get into. But I just want to get your thoughts on it. KG on one of his podcasts was doing with Paul Pierce. It's a show that they do on Showtime and it's Kevin Garnett just kind of going off. And he was saying that Anthony Davis, this guy's as good as Jokic. He's as good as Embiid. Um, He predicts that Anthony Davis will win an MVP at some point in the next two years. I spent some time, you know, giving my opinion on that. And I'm sure you've heard the quote as well, or listened to the actual clip. What what are your initial thoughts when you hear something like that from someone like Kevin Garnett? Which, by the way, I'm a fan and I'm appreciative of a former player actually sticking up and talking positively about Anthony Davis. That doesn't seem to be a theme of any of the former players out there. But when you hear KG uh, say that he thinks AD is going to win an MVP in the next two seasons, what comes to your mind? Well, I mean, first of all, the fact that it's that it's Kevin Garnett makes all the sense in the world. Because think about Kevin Garnett as a player. What was he? He was, especially later in his career, he was all about the defense, right? That That's where he really put his heart and soul into. It was the defense of the floor. We remember from the, the Wolves days when he had the jumper, the mid-range that was automatic and, and all that. But then he really started locking down on defense. So I think he's going to identify with Anthony Davis probably more so than guys who are like Embiid and Jokic who are more offensive-oriented. So I think that is, gonna, is going to be the lens that KG is going to look at this through. But I'll also say this. I think he's wrong, and, and I, love, I love Anthony Davis. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to have a fantastic season. But the problem, Alan, is the NBA just put in that rule this past summer that it, you have to play at least 65 games in order to be eligible for any of these major awards. And number one, I don't know that that's, I don't know that he's going to play that many games, even if he is healthy. Will we see load management come in and, and all of that, as well as the typical bumps and bruises throughout the NBA season? And then on top of that, again, he's a defense first guy. He does most of his his work where he's truly brilliant. Anthony Davis is on the defensive end of the floor. It's offensive numbers that tend to get you the MVP. So for those reasons, I don't think he's going to actually win the award. He can be in the discussion. I don't think he actually wins it, though. Trev, um, we spent some time. Uh, we spent some time, and, and by the way, that, it, it's a complicated topic on the on the Anthony Davis piece of it. I'm with you. I don't think he wins it, and I think there are too many games where 
even when he is performing and when he is out on there. There's too many inconsistencies sometimes with his stat line. Don't get me wrong. Listen, the 26 and 12 with two blocks, it's a great stat line, but there's a lot of highs and lows. And unfortunately, um, I think they also do look at the consistency of a player. But let's put that to the side. I don't think anybody's too concerned about, you know, just specifically is AD going to win MVP. Lakers schedule came out last week. Um, some things to keep in mind. It's the 15 back-to-backs. They start the season out against the Denver Nuggets. Um, they play the Celtics on Christmas. Uh, for, four of the first five games for the Lakers are against really good teams, whether it's the Nuggets, the Suns. I think Sacramento's in that mix, as are the Los Angeles Clippers. What, any other takeaways that you took away from the, the schedule release, the schedule coming out? What, what are some of the stuff that stood out to you? Yeah, I thought it was. It's a pretty rough schedule. Uh, when you look at the number of back-to-backs, I will say one change that that really stood out when I just started going down the list was how many of the back-to-backs were shifted to being back-to-backs at home, which is a change I've been asking for for years. Not that the NBA is going to listen to me, but they certainly did make that adjustment, which I think makes a big difference. Being able to, if you're going to play back-to-back, don't go fly on, go go hop on an overnight flight and then have to play two games in less than 24 hours. That's asking a lot of these players. And so I, I was pleased to see that. But 15 back-to-backs, that's a lot for guys like LeBron and AD and, and, and perhaps is more of a nod towards, hey, they're, they're going to need to do load management here this year with that many back-to-backs. I also think, yeah, the, the beginning is tough. The, the first stretch, like you said, you've got the Clippers, you've got the Nuggets, you've got the Kings, the Suns, all those teams early. But then there's a stretch. Oh, boy, Alan, there's a stretch in March and then into April, closing out the season, it is a gauntlet of just mm-hmm. one good team after another. Not going to be easy, and uh, a lot of games on the road there as well. And then I look at the final, you know, five, six games in particular against, like, Western Conference opponents. And so that's going to require the Lakers to hopefully have some kind of a cushion in the playoff race by that stage so that they can take their foot off the gas pedal a little bit and rest that final week or two heading into the postseason because if they are in a position where their playoff seating is up for grabs, they are going to have to fight and scrap all the way through. And I don't think that's going to lead to a fresh Lakers team for the playoffs. Well, it's funny. Um, you look at the Lakers' schedule and you look at the position they were in last year. And I, listen, it's not apples to apples. Obviously, it's completely different. Um, I spent a little time looking at the over-under for the Lakers, and this is just Bleacher Report had put out their projected win totals for every team. And they had the Lakers at 48. And I was trying to, in my head, I was trying to kind of sit back and think about this and say, okay, well, they won 43 games last year. They went 17-9 and after the, all, or after the trade deadline. Um, they were 8-4 and four in the playoffs before they faced, obviously, the Denver Nuggets. And the Nuggets did what they did to the Lakers. But I think it's safe to say a lot of those games against the Nuggets were close. It's not like each one of these games were 20-point blowouts or something like that. They started the season out 2-10. and 10. I don't think it's unrealistic at all to see the Lakers winning 48-50 to 50 games if – you, know, without, you don't have to give me an exact total or anything like that, but what do you think of the that prediction of around 48 wins or so? Yeah, I think it's pretty good. You know, Most of the over-unders that I've seen in terms of the betting lines has been either 47.5 or 48.5. So that's, that's right on there. That's about what I would predict as well is about 48 wins. And the reason why we don't just take the, the final stretch of the season, the post-All-Star break period, and just project that out moving forward, because they had their foot pushed down all the way on that gas pedal, you know, hoping and on a prayer to make the playoffs. 
So I don't think we can expect them to play with that kind of urgency for an entire NBA season, nor would we want them to if we want them to have postseason success. But I do think that adding five, six wins onto their total from last year, I think that's a pretty realistic goal from this team. Now, the context, of course, the Western Conference, it got even better, I think, this coming season. And so wins aren't going to be easy to come by, but I do think 48 wins, that's a, that's a pretty good prediction, and it's probably about where I would have it too. Yeah, and I'm not telling you either that it's going to be the same West, but I'll tell you what, the uh, Sacramento Kings last year won 48, and they were in third place in the Western Conference. So if 48 around that number gets you around the top four, I think you know, you'd know you be okay with that. And I think it's also the – think about how the Lakers had to play out last year just to get in, and then they had the extra game of the playing tournament, and the playing tournament went to overtime against Minnesota. I'm sure if they're in a position where – Every game is not about just making the playoffs or not. It's more about seeding. Uh, much better much better picture going in the playoffs than they did uh, this past season. Trevor Lane taking some time to join the show here on, uh, on Lakers Talk. Trev, there is, um, and I've seen you spend some time on this as well and a lot of the work that you're doing on YouTube, a lot of momentum going towards and attention going towards Austin Reeves here in these FIBA World Cup preliminaries. What have you thought about how he's played? And this is somebody obviously coming off a four-year contract extension. You surprised how much success that he's having so far in FIBA, where I, I know it's international play, but he's playing with some really, really nice players on Team USA. I, you know, I'm not surprised, Alan, but I got to say it, it makes me smile. It, uh, given that there was a bit of that response when, when Austin's spot was announced with Team USA, Fans of other teams rolled their eyes and said, oh, this is just Lakers hype. He's not really that good. He doesn't belong. And I think Austin has done nothing but prove that he does belong. He very much belongs. In fact, he's one of the better players on this team, a team that's stacked with young NBA talent, some of the best young players in the league. And Austin is not just fitting in, but he is standing out. And he's doing an an incredible job there. I think he just – he just keeps doing – this is what's most impressive, Alan. He just keeps doing what he, what he does. It doesn't matter. It's the regular season, and he plays his game. It's the playoffs. He's not phased. He plays his game. It's Team USA. He's playing with the best young players in the league. It doesn't matter. He just plays his game, and, that is, and that's a huge credit because there's not a lot of players that can do that as consistently as Austin Reeves does. He's shining, man. It's cool to see him do what he's doing, and, and that only gives – you know, I'm sure a lot more confidence for him coming into this upcoming season. His role is only going to get better. He doesn't have to uh, wear, worry about money or the finances he's obviously taken care of. So it's fun to see uh, his, he's blossoming here in the summer. Let's put it that way. Um, Trev, I remember this was probably close to two months ago. Uh, no, not two months ago. You could say about a month and a half ago or so. Lakers made all their signings, and they had – two more roster spots available. And I think we all predicted the way the Lakers have done it before. They usually keep one roster spot open, gives them some flexibility, but they'll, they'll have 14 guys on the roster. And here we are a month and a half later, and still they have not filled in that void as far as a big man goes. Um, what do you think is happening in regards to that? And why do you think this has taken so long for the Lakers to try to figure out that final spot? So there's two things happening with that right now, Alan. And first and foremost, it's Damian Lillard. Everybody's waiting to see what's going to happen there. And if there's going to be some extra players that get moved in that deal, some players who wind up being cut from teams, 
Um, and, and so that could create some opportunities. Also, we know one of the Lakers' top targets, it's Christian Wood. He's also waiting to see what happens with the Damian Lillard situation. Does that open up a, ro- a rotation spot in Miami? That might be something that's attractive to him. Does he somehow get involved in a sign-in trade with the Mavericks? He's going to be patient because he knows the Lakers offer. It is what it is. It'll be a veteran minimum. They can offer the same thing three weeks from now that they can today. So he's going to be patient with that too. So those things are are slowing things up. On top of that, though, there's a few teams in the league right now that have too many players on their roster, and they're going to have to actually cut players. In fact, we saw it happen today. The Oklahoma City Thunder decided to cut uh, a young big that I think is pretty intriguing, and that's Usman Garuba. He's, he was the 23rd pick in the 2021 draft, the guy who I was a fan of at the time. Um, that's another thing the Lakers are waiting on. Let's kind of let the dust settle, see what guys pop free of these teams, get a lay of the land, and then go from there because there isn't that one guy that they want to go get that's ready to sign right now. So they're being patient, but the one certainty is they're going to sign at least one more player to that 14th roster spot prior to training camp starting up. Prior, well, prior to the start of the season, they have to. Even if it's maybe Colin Castleton, who could get bumped up to that spot, somebody's going to have to take that spot sooner or later. But for now, it seems like everybody's just waiting for the whole Damian Lillard situation to work its work itself out. Trevor, not that far away, man. Uh, we're about, I think usually media day is always like the last week of September. So we're closing in yep. on 30 days away. Uh, I, I know that countdown is going to continue on Twitter. Are you ready? Are you kind of are you mentally there yet, or you you need another thirty days? No, no, I'm I'm ready, Alan. Okay, I'm ready. He's ready in to fact, go. I'm yeah. the, the FIBA, the Team USA stuff is holding me over a little bit, but I'm itching for some Lakers basketball for sure. Oh, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, Trevor Lane, <laughs> who does a fantastic job covering the Lakers. I mentioned uh, Lakers Nation front office show as well. Does a couple shows around the NBA. So, Trev, thank you for uh, taking the time to join the show, bud. No problem. Thank you for having me, Alex. All right, that's uh, Trevor Lane right there. We come back, uh, got a couple NBA stories that I want to get into, some final thoughts. And I got a little more on that Austin Reeves stuff. I was, I was mentioning him shining here in FIBA USA in those preliminaries. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. All right, shout out to uh, Trevor Lane, Lakers Nation. Always nice enough with his time to be a part of the show. You know, one of the things we were talking about was Austin Reeves, how he continues to shine so um, USA had a game yesterday. They were playing Germany, and I want to say they were down 16 points. And I'm not. I'm not trying to sit here and just tell you it was. Uh, it wasn't just Austin Reeves or anything like that. But Anthony Edwards went off 34 points. He was great. He was fantastic. But Austin Reeves and Tyrese Halliburton each added 16 points off the bench. They ended up beating Germany. I think uh, the run that they went on was 18 to nothing, something like that, in the final few minutes. They finished the exhibition play 5-0, and so it was kind of nice for them to have a little bit of a matchup, and now they're going to have some matchups coming up, uh, New Zealand, Greece, Jordan. Um, but the point is, more than anything else, is that Austin Reeves just looks very, very comfortable out there. The guy is shining with some, you know, playing around some other great, great NBA players, And I thought this was a funny tweet because when the Lakers, I think for me, one of the more bigger surprises in the offseason was when Austin Reeves signed with the Lakers for four years, 56, 57 million, whatever that number was. It sounded like a real discount. If you guys remember going into the offseason, everybody was saying that, hey, there's going to be some teams that are 
I think it's called the poison pill is the way that they put it. Teams that have cap space like the San Antonio Spurs, like the Houston Rockets, they're going to offer a lot of money to Austin Reeves. And even though the Lakers have said, hey, it doesn't matter what you offer, we're going to match whatever offer that you have out there. You can kind of question and say, all right, let's call the Lakers bluff. Or maybe even if they're not saying, well, the Lakers are going to bluff, but let's just put them in a tough spot. Let's offer them five years. Uh, or I think it's four is the most that they can uh, offer. Four years, 80 or four years, 85, or four years, 90. I thought that's what was going to happen yesterday during this uh, during this FIBA World Cup game. Um, I, thought, I thought it was funny. Of all people, too, um, the ringer's Bill Simmons okay, uh, puts out a tweet in the middle of the game, and his tweet says, San Antonio not maxing Reeves uh, gets dumber every week. Congrats on saving that cap space for uh, Osmond and campaign. So, obviously, Bill Simmons is talking about just how, how impressive Austin Reeves has been and how maybe the, the proper way to put it, how kind of shocked and how disappointed everybody was, the fact that they did not go out and make an offer, and nobody did. Nobody went out there offering real, real money um, to, uh, you know, to Austin Reeves, and that's just another perfect example. Here's somebody that has been in the industry for a long time. His opinion is certainly respected. A diehard Celtics fan from Boston uh, trying to figure out how the San Antonio Spurs did not offer Austin Reeves some real money to potentially bring him into play with Wembenyama. So I think every Laker fan should be happy that Austin Reeves is a Laker and that it's four years, 56, 57 million, and Reeves is continuing to shine couple NBA stories that I wanted to get into, uh, have not got into yet. So this James Harden situation, kind of interesting, huh? Um, I, I guess the, the, we heard him last week on a couple different occasions, basically say that Daryl Morey's a liar. I'll never play for the Philadelphia 76ers again. Um, and, and the NBA, kind of an investigation here trying to figure out okay what is going on I guess Daryl Morey Daryl Morey told James Harden he will trade him quickly once he opts into his contract that 35.6 million dollars that's obviously not what happened and I just find it so interesting that something like this is so out in the open that listen let's not pretend that James Harden has the juice that he used to have that he's the same player that he used to be but to just kind of look and see that this is so public and that we all know about it. And James Harden is in the middle of China. And I don't know if he's still out there or not, whatever the case is. But out there and so openly talking about the president of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, that's an interesting saga. There was a there was some odds that were out there of most likely superstars most likely to request a trade. And I want to say Joel Embiid was on top of that list because he's probably looking at this situation saying, what the heck is going on here? Uh, James Harden not guaranteed to stay with the Philadelphia 76ers. Do they go out and try to make a trade for Damian Lillard? I don't know. It's been really the only story around the NBA that has had some uh, some traction. Um Last thing, Brian Windhorse on the Clippers scheduling on this uh, Hoop Collective podcast. He said, I hope I'm not going to get in trouble for this. I can see my phone ringing. I think it's been slightly worse than the last two years, two years in terms of the way Clippers usage crypto has been allocated. Well, this will be the final year that they'll be at Crypto.com Arena, so they don't have to worry about it uh, past this year. Appreciate everybody being a part of the show. Thank you to Trevor Lane. Shout out to Michael Funches. Shout out to Laura Romo. And uh, shout out to Mario Ruiz as well for helping put the show together tonight. 
Laker fans will be back next week. As always, appreciate your guys' time. Hope you guys have a good rest of your evening. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.